Welcome back to another episode of the B2B Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Trainer, and today we're doing something a little bit different. I'm actually going solo, guest-free, and what I wanted to do today is share a plan or a framework that I've used to help companies grow to $10 million in revenue, right? It's netness of the end-all be-all, but $10 million in revenue is a, a really important milestone, at least in, in my opinion, because it opens up a lot of different options for you as a business owner. So if we think of the progression from startup, startup to scale up, startups you know, get to a million dollars in revenue. You've heard me share the stat that less than 10% actually get to a million in revenue and less than 1% get to 10 million in revenue. And for, for this episode, where I want to focus is on those businesses that are approaching, you know, a half a million or a million dollars in revenue and are really looking to scale to that 10 million, right? And a lot of the time folks are using trial and error or hope and pray and spray that it's going to work, but there is a framework that you can use that will help you minimize some of that risk and give you the best chance to, to be able to scale your business. First, you know, I think it's important to understand why, why 10 million. It's, it's not an arbitrary number. I believe that from a valuation standpoint, it's optimal, right? If you're a million dollars, $2 million, any of you, the founders out there that have gone for series A Monday, know they, they're looking at five to 10 million in revenue. So if you can get your business to 10 million in, in revenue from a valuation standpoint, whether you want to raise more capital, whether you want to look to sell your business, whatever it is, it's going to give you a maximum valuation, at least, at least at this, this threshold. Two, I think it, it gives you more options. You can run a really nice business at, at 10 million. You could look to sell, you can maintain. I think at $10 million, you don't have the complexity that you would have when you get to that next threshold, which is either 25 or 100 and nothing wrong with continuing to grow, but the complexity grows. I think that 10 million is a sweet spot, which leads me to kind of the third point, why it's a, an important milestone is the time aspect, right? As a founder and founder-led companies, you guys are perfectly well aware of the time that you spend on or in your business, not working on your business. So at 10 million, you've had to have stepped out of the way, right? You cannot be involved in the day-to-day of everything or you'd never be able to get to that level. So the 10 million, I think, is a, a critical milestone for, for the companies that want to get there. And this is who this episode is for. I think one of the things we should address first is why do companies not get there, right? So if 10% get to a million, only 1% get to 10 million, is it an idea issue? No, I, I believe it's it's execution. And a lot of the times these business and founders are trying to understand through trial and error, do I hire salespeople? What kind of marketing folks do I need? Is there a process? Can I automate with technology? And quite honestly, if you make the wrong bets on the wrong hires, it's 12 months, 18 months, and you run out of money, you get burned out, et cetera. So what I've been using is, like I said, a framework for a number of years now that helps prioritize and lay out a plan for you to, to get to that next, that next level, which is the, the 10 million in revenue. And we've talked on the show before, the number one blocker, I think, from folks not getting to that 10 million 
is the inability to sell or grow beyond the founder or co-founders network, right? So I've heard this time and time again from, from different founders that have gone through that eight figures and beyond. And it was a learning curve, right? So, hey, they were super successful. I've got a big network. You know, people know me. I'm passionate about the product. They buy from me. Well, once that network dries out and you have to now connect with folks that don't know you, don't know your product, it's a different ballgame. And that's one of the main things that this this framework is going to help you address is how do you expand beyond your network? So with that said, that's a, a good kind of segue into... It's a four-part framework really broken into two pieces. I look at it as one is alignment, and then part two is, is around execution. So a simple acronym to remember this is ACES, you know, A-C-E-S. And it was fortunate that the letters lined up with, with the, the key parts of the framework. It wasn't necessarily planned, but it is easy to remember. So I'll give it to you at a high level. We'll break down each of them to give you an understanding of what you should be looking for in each group. And then in future episodes, I will actually go deeper into the four and probably do an episode around each of them because there is a lot of work and effort that needs to go into it. But the good thing is that you have a plan, you're going to mitigate some of the risk, and you'll get everybody in the organization pushing in the same direction. So, so let's get, let's jump into it. So ACEs, the first is A, which is really part one for me. And if you've been a listener of the podcast, I'm a big fan of the book called Run Frictionless. I use that heavily in this part of the framework. And when I talk alignment, it's really around your company, your customer, and your offering, right? If you don't have those in alignment, you're creating friction within your business. And Anthony, you'll appreciate that. And you'll have to work twice as hard to get new customers in. And I think if we're targeting the folks that you know have successfully sold within their network, do have some revenue, do have some customers, this will be a little bit easier of an exercise. I think it's critical for businesses of all stages to go through this process. But the easy way to think about it is you are solving a problem for a subset of customers. And it's going to be critical for you to think about it from a, like I said, an alignment standpoint. So your customers are targeted this. We're going to, you know, we're, we're targeting them for, for the example, let's use my B2B founder, the podcast and, and the business is really, I want to help B2B founders grow their business from half a million to 10 million. That's my goal. There's folks that can help you earlier. There's folks that can help you later, but I really want to get as many founders to that $10 million marketplace or the, the threshold. And so if I'm looking at who my ideal customer is, it's a B2B founder, right? Because there's nuances. You guys in this market know that. And the challenges are somewhat unique. And I want to help them get to a specific level. So it's not an all for none. It's not an all for everything, even though I think this, this framework applies across all B2B businesses, but it's specifically geared towards this, this segment. So one is, hey, who are you going after? What is the problem you're solving for those folks? Two is, does your offer solve that? And it has to be in sync with solving that problem with your customer or you're right, it's just going to be a mismatch. It's going to be harder to sell, harder to get people on board. But I think the third piece of this that gets overlooked quite a bit, and we've, we've started talking about it, 
is the company alignment. Why are you in business, right? What is your mission? It doesn't have to be noble that you're, you're saving the world, but you've got to be passionate about solving the problem that you're going after that you decided to start a business for. And you know, like I said, to go through those three different aspects. So the customer that you're going after, the offering that you have, right? And then ultimately the company's why need to be in alignment or again, you're going to create a lot of undue friction. And to me, this is the area you need to spend the most amount of time on. Because if you can't get this right, you're going to have real trouble with your messaging and positioning. It's not going to resonate with customers. How do you get folks online and offline to come to you for your solution? So like I said, A is for alignment and it's really don't go past go unless you can get this align for lack of the better term yeah, are synced across your, your business. Again, the sooner you're able to do this in your journey, the easier it is going to be to sell. So let's assume now that you do have alignment, you know, your target customer, you know, your offers aligned with what those customers are looking for and your company mission is, is tied to that. Part two of this becomes the execution. So we've got that, that which is great, but now how do I go connect with prospects that, that don't know me? And that's where the C comes in, which is connect, right? So how am I going to connect with prospects and get them through my, my funnel, right? Because if we don't have customers, we're not going to get to the 10 million. So the critical component to this, again, is to have a, a plan, right? So figure out where your customers are, where they're buying from. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's different strategies and tactics. You can go from paid ads, you can go from channel partners or strategic partners, but the number one must have no longer optional is content. And it's critical because even if you have a conversation with the company, the first thing that they're going to do is go to your website or your social channels and see if that's in alignment with what, what you just said and how you solve those problems. So content is, is no longer optional. It has to provide value. It needs to address the customer's questions. And the sooner that you do that, the better off you will be in, in the long run. And too often we get caught up in the, the short-term transactional and you just can't win that game. You may get lucky in some cases, but for the most part, the vast majority of the businesses, you need to set it up for a longer haul. And I'll tell you why, because Demand Gen recently published a stat, or maybe it's not too recent, but at any given point, only 3% of your target audience is in buy now mode. So 3% of what your target market is, is actively in the market looking to purchase, which means when they engage with you or find you, they're not in buy now mode. So the key and the critical aspect of the connect is setting that up for future conversion, right? You're educating, you're creating the awareness, you're adding value. So when that customer is ready and moves to the buy now mode, you're the first person that they think of. The, the content is, is like I said, no longer optional. And we'll spend another episode where we drill in a little bit deeper into this area. But part two, so now you've got the alignment A, C is connect. E is for enablement. And again, if you've been a longtime listener to this podcast, you know I am passionate about looking at it from the buyer perspective and thinking about how do we enable that buyer, right? How do we get them through the process, not our process, their buying process as quickly and efficiently as possible? 
And if you can do that, again, reducing friction, you're going to reduce your sales cycle time, you're going to improve your conversion rates. And when you think about enablement, to me, this is really around the process, the automation, the metrics, because if you're not measuring it, it's going to be really hard to get better at it. But even if we take a step back and think about it from an enablement, if you're doing a good job connecting, you've got folks coming through your, your process raising their hands and said, yeah, I'm interested. I'd like to do business with you. But if you've got one part-time person that's doing all the lead qualifications or doing the demos, man, you're turning off a good portion of of your audience or potential customer base. And it's going to be really hard to get them back. So it's critical. You've got one time, one shot, you know, to get that, get that right. So that being said, you're right. This is really around the process and as you're going from a million to 10 million, you don't have to document and process everything, but really your key processes, you really want to do and measure. So that could be your conversion, your sales conversion funnels, your lead to sales. It could be your sales cycle time. There's a host of things to measure, but you really want to align it back to the prospect versus what you're doing internally. So, and too often, too many companies stop there like, hey, all right, we've enabled the buyer, we've closed them, we either have some some onboarding, whether we're a software company or service company, et cetera. And now we're just gonna flip them into the one column and now their customers will move on to the next customers. And what I strongly encourage folks and to map this out is customer enablement, right? So we talked about a buyer enablement, which is how do we get those customers through the process as quickly and as efficiently as possible? Two is, hey, once they've become customers, do we have a onboarding process? And this will evolve, right? If you've got 10 customers to 50 customers, you're going to get better at it, but have a process to get folks up and running with your product. Part two of that, when I say customer enablement, it's really around how do we enable our customers to get the most value or unlock the value of our product or service while they're using it? So think about that. If we're maximizing their value, that's going to help you definitely in in the long run, not even the long run, what it's going to do is going to flip the switch and that becomes your business development leads for the next round. I think too often we forget that customers and our customer advocates, which become fans, are our best lead generators, right? Because if they have a great experience with you, love your product, love the way you run your business, what the mission you stand for, they're going to tell five people, 10 people, et cetera. If they have an average experience with you or the product so-so, they're not going to tell anybody. They're not going to tell you. They're kind of just going to go away. So the key is to really help them unlock and get the maximum value out of your product or service, because then that helps funnel or build, you know, kind of a pipeline for future customers. Because what's what's more impactful? A customer telling another prospect how good your product is, or are you doing advertising or paid ads saying how good your product is? 100% every time you want your customers to be your your referral source. And again, we'll, we'll, we can go deeper on this in another episode, but I really want you to think about it from the outside in. So think about it from buyer enablement and then customer enablement with the metrics process and automation. So this is actually a fairly more detailed part of the framework, but you can start simple. If you're not documenting anything, take a few steps. So now we've gone through alignment. A, C is connect, E is enablement, and last is S which you know, I use as support. Now you could argue that the support could be part of enablement. 
you're right. How do we support those customers? But I think it's a standalone because I think deals are going to be won and lost. Companies are going to win and lose. Brands are going to win and lose based on experience and service, right? Not everything is going to go as planned or as you had hoped. So how do you react when something goes wrong, right? Does it take you two days to get back to a customer? Are you proactive or reactive? And again, even though I've got service at the end of kind of the end of the the acronym, it's really setting it up to support prospects through onboarding through customers, because again, that's where it's going to differentiate. Think about some of the larger B2B brands you work with and trying to get real-time support in some areas is really tough. And the advantage you have as a growing business is to build this into the DNA of the business. So again, just to, to kind of recap, and I kind of rambled a little bit, but you get the idea that there, there's four steps really in two parts. So the one is all about the alignment, getting your messaging and positioning right, which is actually critical. And the one thing we didn't talk about there, which Tim Cato, when he comes on next week, is going to talk about is different is better than better. And so as you're going through that process, you got to be able to articulate how you do things differently and provide a better service than your competition. And again, we can get into that deeper. So A is for alignment. C is for connect, man. How do we get new customers into our pipeline? How do we get new prospects into our universe? Right. That's, that's an episode in itself. E is enable, man. How do we enable these folks? You worked really hard, spent some money to get people connected, and then there's no process in place to help them move through the organization. And again, this is one of those things that you could probably hardwire and push through and grow to five, maybe 10 million without processes. But good luck trying to look backwards and build, right, in this scalable. And that's why I usually talk about this phase as foundational, right? You don't have to have every process, everything automated, but build the foundation that you can start to automate where your key processes are, what's repeatable, where we can add value into the process. Very important. I come from a process background, so I understand and preach quite a bit in this area. So it's it's critical. And then the last piece, S is support. So what are we doing to build support and service and experience into the DNA of, of our growing organization? So like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a four-part framework, and you can honestly use this as a startup. If you're thinking about starting a business, think about it in those four pieces. And even if you're a founder, you can have a couple of simple processes you do when you reach out for prospects. And good when you sell a first couple of customers, what does that look like? What are the key steps that we need to do? Then over time, you can build it out in like, and it, it grows with you. So much easier to do that than trying to re-engineer one of my favorite phrases, you know, paving the road as you're driving down the road. It's really difficult to do. And at some point you're going to crash. So you're better off, again, laying the foundation for it. So I know I rambled a little bit, but I did want to share what this framework looks like, you know, and from a historical perspective, this is something that I've been using since 2015 when we helped, or 2016, when we helped the startup go from basically 200K in revenue to about 14 million in revenue. And man, we learned a lot of things along the way, what worked, what didn't work to kind of build out what that framework looks like. And then quite honestly, I've had the pleasure the luxury of being able to refine it once I started interviewing a number of folks. So between subject matter experts that have an area within demand gen, which is the connect 
or buyer enablement, or even founders that have gone through the process and say, hey, here's what's worked for me. I've been able to refine it and, and fine tune it. So I'm not stubborn to say, hey, my way is the only way, but continually tweak it, you know, as we move more digital, that it gives it some more flexibility. So again, hopefully you found this episode helpful. You'll be able to find a PDF version of this on the website. So check it out. And please do he- don't hesitate to reach out, right? I'm open for those initial phone calls. If you have any questions, say, hey, does this make sense for me? Is it too early? Am I too late? Doesn't matter. You know, schedule a time. I'm happy to, to chat with anybody. And uh, to wrap it up, I just want to thank everybody for, for listening to the podcast. And if you do listen, do enjoy it, please do hit subscribe. Like and comment are also awesome, but the, the subscriptions really do, or the subscribes really do help us. So appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your day.